0: Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for downloading. My name is Pete Wright, and I'm here with Dane Christensen. Hello. And Megan Strand. Hello. And we are the Naked Marketers, and we have an awesome, awesome show uh, cooked up, all devised for you today. <laughs> uh, it is so awesome, in fact, because uh, I have, uh, uh, I there we have our guest today is somebody I'm who works for a company. I'm I'm a fan of this company. I don't Me just too. use the product. I'm a fan. Me too. I'm a cold sweat, uh, breaking out in the cold sweat, you know, I'm shuddering <laughs> at the door of the concert kind of a fan <laughs> of this company. We have uh, Andrew Sinkov, from, uh, who's the uh, he, he, director of marketing, VP of marketing, or... Grand Poobah of marketing? What I is, think
1: is I like Grand Poobah.
0: Grand Poobah of marketing for Evernote is going to join us uh, uh, to talk about uh, the tool and marketing the tool and and uh, stand one step ahead of the hungry masses like me uh, standing outside in the cold waiting for that next update of Evernote. Fantastic tool. Very excited to have Andrew on the show. You know, I have, a, uh, I have a, an update for you both. Uh, yeah. And I am much chagrined to say this, that we did not celebrate last week. We didn't have our a uh, mini celebration. Do you know why we should have celebrated Cinco de Mayo? No, that's that, this that's, week. That's today.
1: Is this this silly <laughs> joke that that No, I...
0: it's not a joke. We um, Evernote celebrated. Turn,
1: I mean, LinkedIn turned seven.
0: No, we turned ten.
1: Oh, we turned ten it episodes. It was our
0: tenth so... episode. That's a, like that's Ooh. a milestone, right? It's like our <laughs> tenth anniversary.
1: Tenth anniversary. Tenth
0: episode anniversary.
2: Well, like that. That's good.
1: That right? is a celebration.
0: Well done, you guys. This was uh, a bravo. Ten episodes. Now let's uh, hang it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do we have to talk about this week? We have news.
1: We do have news.
0: Where should we begin? We had
1: to cut down the news. There we was so did. there was, a, there was,
0: was a lot of news. Go ahead.
1: Well, you know, I'll start out because I um, like this story and don't like it at the same time. So Ellen DeGeneres, uh, with her lovely uh, show came onto her show this week, I believe, and uh admitted that she got in trouble from Apple because she did a parody on the iPhone about ease of use, but you know being the funny woman that she is it, it, it's you know the point is that it it, it was just funny because it wasn 't really that easy for her to use. she kept sending all these funny little texts to Portia and Porsche's texting back like what and she's opening the map instead of the texting and it was just funny. So Apple um apparently slapped her on the wrist. I don't know who contacted her, but they said they thought she made it look hard to use and uh so she came onto her show and she showed the commercial again and then she said I just have to say that I'm sorry. I really like the iPhone and the iPad and iHop and <laughs> she was <laughs> she was funny, but you know, it was a funny commercial to begin with. So I don't I guess I just don't feel really good about the fact that she's apologizing for it because that's what she does. She's a comedian. So she, she is she's a satirist and I think
0: that that's I I th- I thought the uh, the ad was, it was I, funny. I thought it was funny it was it, it was, was clever cute. and so did her audience everybody thought it was funny well everybody in the you know audience seemed to be really uh, enjoying it it was clever it's you're right on it's what she does I don't like the fact that Apple goes after you know these kinds of, of satirical satirical pieces there at the same time yeah what we think is that they went after ellen because uh, she made it look like it was hard to use i bet they went after ellen for other reasons they're you know sort of notorious at protecting their um y- y- you know use mm-hmm. of their intellectual property and the logos mm-hmm. and the and mm-hmm. the trademarks and and um you know it's interesting that she was actually allowed to run the ad again on right on the air on on her show uh but i'll bet there's more to it than just you make it look hard to use because there are lots of people making ads that that make fun of apple Uh, she was doing it on a much bigger stage but you know letterman's done it um you know she's not alone Uh, i think they're vigorously protecting what they have to protect and uh, you know if they don't do this then they stand a chance of losing it down the road and i think that's the kind of the rule of thumb if you don't protect what you, your the ownership of your intellectual property and your copyright and trademarks, then you stand a
2: chance of losing them. Yeah, and no, it's something I'm having to constantly do with Strike Ten Media.
1: <laughs> yeah, because of so. people, because people try to steal your, oh, logo yeah.
2: try and to steal your URL your all the They're time. Doing, I, there's a little league team down the street I'm like what? Yeah, please. paying for those uniforms. <laughs> take,
0: so. take those little little <laughs> dust monkeys to oh, court, I was
2: Yeah, yelling at the coaches, get council involved. I've I've been there with Apple, you know. Yeah, you feel their pain. Yeah,
1: Yeah.
0: this is the conversation we're having, how Dane and Apple are in (laughs) fact in the same boat. That's right, that's a uh, great comparison.
1: So so that was not a huge story, but it was was interesting. I thought it was funny too. So moving on.
0: Google gets a new homepage look. They've prettied it up. Uh, what is do you think? Is
1: anybody seeing this though? When you go to Google.com, it's
0: the search results, uh, right? Uh, well, it's also the Google homepage Google.com. too. Well, the homepage has been this. They they went. It was a while ago. They went with the um, the we're going to be stark and sparse look, where they got rid of all the menus. If you don't move your mouse, all you see is the logo, the search box, and the buttons. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling lucky in Google search. If you move your mouse, it all fades in. And you get to see other stuff. Now I'm going to search for the naked marketers. So funny, that's
1: exactly what I'm doing. See, it doesn't pop up on mine yet. That's why. I was yeah, I don't get
0: it either. I, I don't okay. get it either. And well,
1: anyway, we'll tell people what it's supposed to be.
0: Well, what it's supposed to be is they've they've just streamlined the the search results page, so you get um, a little bit cleaner, a little bit more modern layout for your search results. the The idea behind it is that you make it. Uh, more uh, that it exposes the content you're looking for more. Apparently you can jump to the different, Categories from images videos news, fonts a little bigger, the logo's a little brighter, apparently they they brightened the logo
1: and they took the uh, drop some of the drop shadow out, and
0: took, they took the t m out and right, right, and see in the version I'm looking at it, the tm's still there, drop yeah. shadow's still there, it's a little bit blurry, so you know those changes are coming, but uh and should be rolled out. I think this week uh, is what I heard, but more and more people are going to start seeing these cool. things uh in a related story uh yahoo uh, uh uncomfortable stepchild <laughs> at the funeral uh sitting on the piano bench in a corner with, with the dunce a cap on virgin daiquiri. <laughs>
1: uh
0: they have spent a lot of money uh on this new ad campaign uh, and I just love gizmodo's uh ad. And headline, Yahoo bitch slaps Google with an $85 million ad campaign. It's really priceless. Uh, and, and I think it's exactly what Yahoo probably, the message Yahoo probably needs to get out right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys think of the ad? Have you both watched What, it? that they're still there? Is that what you mean? Right. First and foremost, Yahoo <laughs> still exists. Hello. We're here.
1: We, are. we may be in we're. the corner with our little daiquiri, but we are here.
0: Welcome to Yahoo. We're, <laughs> we're still here. Everybody. Hello. <laughs> Yahoo. Uh,
1: sorry. Okay. So the commercial, I think, is good. Yeah. I think it's good. I don't know that the product stands behind the commercial, but um, <laughs> okay.
0: Problem well, number well, like, one. When I
1: went well when I went to Yahoo. Like, yeah, I can make the whole page pink, but um,
0: which is awesome.
1: Wow. Which is very awesome. Right.
0: I'm gonna do that. The,
1: the point is that you can customize <laughs> it. That that. And some people think that search should just be a a, a blank script to take you somewhere else. We think that your homepage should be who you are and express yourself and give you everything you need all at once, which sounds great. But then I think you go to Yahoo and your customization is highly limited. And um, I don't know. I I think product falls a little bit short, but I do think the ad campaign, I, I, I think the ad is good.
0: I think the message is right. I think the message is right for Yahoo because they do have, I mean, Yahoo has a portfolio, a catalog of content. That is, it's really difficult to find, or it's and and you don't associate some of the great sites that you view with Yahoo. I mean, you don't associate Flickr as a Yahoo branded company. Flickr sort of stands on its own. And yeah, you know, you go to Flickr and you see that it's a Yahoo company, but you don't really remember it. Flickr really is where where you go. And so I think this message is: look at all that Yahoo has. Look at this whole catalog of Yahoo stuff. Uh, that's what the campaign says to me. Then when you go to the website, it's giving me links to Facebook and links to, you know, uh, other sites that are not Yahoo sites. So, uh, you know, I think in that respect, you're kind of right. Like, I'm not sure that the product gets, uh, gets out of the way enough of the ad campaign and it's still really cluttered. Like it's it not very a, cluttered. I suppose there are people who, these are the people, the people who are going to use Yahoo and God love them. <laughs> They're the people who, when they got their fifteenth AOL install disc in the mail, they went and, and installed it because they wanted to have that space. They wanted to go to one place on the interweb. It was just, it was, and and just be in that space in that comfortable, warm blanket of advertising-driven portalism, and that's what Yahoo is, and that's the message they're trying to get out with this eighty-five million dollar thing. I. I still like the the Google. I'm I'm happier with the Google.
2: Is that it was that in the DSM-5? Yes. Well, well, <laughs> the warm
0: blanket of advertising-based portalism.
2: Right. It's I know it's it sounds It's in the DSM-5. It, it was sounds not like a psychiatric it, condition. It was,
1: <laughs> well, and that's why that's why we like Google because we all have this this DSM well, related it's the Goog- the, or Well, that's the Googleism. Condition.
0: The Googleism. Well, the
1: Googleism is this like calm. It just makes you feel calm, like your life is clean and organized when you look at the Google page.
0: It's it's more of a it's more of a anesthetic too, so that you don't feel what you're giving up when you sign into Google.
1: That's right. Well, yeah, well you know, I have to say that I'm glad they're removing the drop shadow because it's really starting to bother me now. It's, it very much clutters the logo.
0: Well, and that's the ad, that's Yahoo's <laughs> next ad is look. We never had a drop shadow. <laughs> <laughs> oh good lord okay all right what else
2: i'm just this is really pretty how you, you get the go- you get google and it's blank and then you move your mouse and
0: wow you know you should also try uh you should go to aol.com because the customization is really it's really it's sort of customization of the absurd
2: yeah speaking of places i haven't been in 20 years yeah
0: their new logo treatment is it's been around for a, a, a while you know i guess six months or so but now it's you can you can choose the theme and it's either a bright carnation or some alien cartoon characters or
1: maybe we should cornify it we but you should... can't <laughs>
2: right that'd be nice but you can't go all pink like you can on yahoo i'm but, so excited to but go. but you pink.
0: can go goldfish i switched to goldfish and there's this goldfish that's looking at me with oh, this oh, giant oh. dead eye
1: Oh, yeah. Look at that.
0: It's really unnerving. It's
1: like a Twitter page. That's weird. (laughs) It's bizarre. Wait, where's the goldfish? Oh, there he is. Yeah, Yeah. that's
0: weird. Splashing paint. Anyway. Okay, moving on. We're getting a little ADD. Um, Speaking of which, let's Let's talk
1: about uh, your favorite subject, Peter. Flash. Oh, you know, okay.
0: So Steve Jobs uh, decided to post to his blog again. And this time it was uh, Thoughts on Flash, the. The general discussion about Flash in the development and advertising community has grown to a bit of a fever pitch as the iPad, uh, Apple announced the iPad sold a million units in the first uh, seventy I've, or the first month. Uh, it took seventy four days for iPhone one to hit a million units. I think the iPhone three GS wow. was much faster, but you know, I, I I'm not sure that that's a a terribly compelling data point since you know the iPad was sort of a known quantity at least when compared to usability people saw it they saw it as a big iPod touch you kind of know what you're going to get when you when you go play with it so anyway they sold a lot of them and Flash isn't built in and and so the developer community was sort of at least the Flash developer community people who whose livelihoods agencies who are built around Flash uh, are up in arms because you know they're saying wow What are we going to do? We need to we need to uh, Apple is not uh, allowing Flash. They're evil. So Steve Jobs posts his his latest missive to the blog and he really outlines, I I think, a a very compelling case as to why Flash doesn't stand up to uh, to the modern touch-based operating system and why he doesn't allow it. And, and first and foremost, it's buggy and crashy. It doesn't actually run on a mobile platform yet. Uh, Adobe keeps saying it's going to come out. There are proofs of concept. There are betas supposedly in the wild. Lots of videos. The latest video I saw yesterday was a guy who was uh, demoing a flash-based or, or a tablet with flash on it. Uh, and it was and he said, boy, I'm sure glad I didn't buy an iPad because this one has flash. And as he says, this one has Flash. The browser crashes in the <laughs> that demo.
2: A, that was an Android-based, uh, right? Uh. Android-based
0: with Flash running. He uh, yep. was showing uh, YouTube running in Flash, and it was terrible. Now, on the other hand, the the you know, Google released or, or Adobe released some great demos of Flash running on uh, a. Uh, another droid phone and it it runs the performance is great we again it's not in the wild you can't go download flash right now for your mobile device which is so some of this is is a bit moot in the meantime while there is this huge void in the market major publishers are switching out of flash and moving into html5 which is the new standard moving forward and i think jobs point of you know flashes was designed to fill a specific need for many years in a mouse uh, and pc and keyboard based world and now Mm -hmm. we are moving to a touch based world and we haven't seen the innovation from adobe beyond the political wrangling and getting people all worked up to actually develop a flash tool that works. I think I I really believe if Adobe came to the table and said we're going to change our our strategy, we're going to get flash running, it's going to work, it's going to be lightweight, it's not going to crash, it's going to work on mobile platforms across the board, it's going to be a great platform for development. Um you know, it would it would be more interesting for content producers. In the meantime, I I'm on my iPad, I'm on my iPhone and I have I've have not run into the sites that uh you know that are supposedly supposed to give me all the trouble. Well, I don't need Flash. Why do I need Flash? I haven't missed it. Uh, so that that's the, the Thoughts on Flash, uh, Apple.com, hot news slash Thoughts on Flash. It's an interesting read. If you haven't read, it's been out for, uh, I think, over a week now, but it's... Uh... Uh, it really is worth reading if you're, if you're a content producer and you still think that you should be developing your headers (laughs) for your website, anything in flash, you should really just go back and think, think can I do this in HTML five? Can I do this in an open, a web-based standard where people don't, where, where it doesn't rely on a plugin to play this content? Um, it was interesting speaking of the yahoo thing you know i i it has the recommended for you section down at the bottom of the left column and one of them was a um uh was an ad for uh university of phoenix and and i clicked on it and i have a flash blocker installed to kind of show me where i'm missing flash on the web and and it speeds up my pages page loads and makes the web a little bit faster when flash doesn't load immediately and the entire landing page is flash i couldn't see it like it shows up with a giant square block of gray and it it, and i just click away like i'm not even gonna bother with it if it's if it's not something that's that i can read uh that i have to wait for some stupid animation i'm not gonna watch it
1: Well, I think Peter, your point is that, um, it's almost like a moot point at this, you know, at the stage of the game, because it's like Steve jobs comes out and is like, yeah, we're done with flash and either get on board or get out of the way. Um, you know, we're moving on. And, uh, I think that was your, when we originally talked about the story, that was your point. And I think it's really true. It's kind of, you know, flash is kind of digging and scrambling and scratching to kind of keep their head up instead of innovating. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to flash.
2: Uh Um, Got and there's got to be, there's got to be something. It seems to me that there's that maybe we're missing something, I guess. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's probably true that Steve jobs is just being very straightforward and saying that, uh, exactly what Pete said, that, you know, flash just was built for a different, um, technical environment and, and, uh, it, it just doesn't work. And so the only, it's not political. It's not, you know, don't take it personally. It just doesn't, isn't the best solution. Um, Maybe though there's something we're missing that's uh that is political. I don't know. Um
0: well that like that, that actually came out. Adobe couple, yeah. Couple well you know, that actually came out in the terms the new terms, and I think we talked about this where you can't use a cross compiler to, you know, another language to build apps for the iPhone. Well, yeah. that takes Adobe out and it kind of leads into the next story, which is Adobe Creative Suite 5, which is now in the wild and shipping, and you can go download a full 3.5 gigabyte uh, disk image of it, and install it, which includes tools directly out of Flash, so you can build an, an, a you know game or an app in Flash and recompile it to run on, an, on your iPhone or your Android mm-hmm. or whatever. Well, it, that was a big tool, and Adobe put a lot of money into it, and immediately on launch of CS5, Apple changes terms of service, and now you can't install those apps that were created in Flash on mm-hmm. the iPad. Well, that's smarts. There's no way that's a that's a kick in the groin is what that is. And I think, you know, people in the Adobe community were rightfully upset. But I I do want to say I have been playing with CS5 this week and it is magical. I mean, it is really great. If you take Flash out of the equation, the tools that they have shipped this time are an order of magnitude more awesome than uh uh than cs4 and i you know i was talking to a, a friend who was still on cs3 and she you know she doesn't make those upgrades uh you know lightly uh and cs3 was a great product cs4 was kind of an evolutionary you know uh release cs5 is another one of those really terrific product it sets a new standard for for creative work and it's it is i think really great to move workflow towards CS5 so um,
1: kinda makes me wanna go be take some graphic designing classes yeah well and you know I mean
0: even to the point of of updates to just the web design tools Dreamweaver being able to work with uh, you know with linked sites so you can develop like WordPress themes inside of dream uh, dreamweaver is really terrific CSS handling is really terrific and that's what you know what gets to you know the, the Steve Jobs point in his post was look Adobe has the bandwidth and the talent to create some incredible HTML5 development environment tools. Get over Flash and go work <laughs> on these tools. And that was, I tweeted about that. It was like, just the fact that Steve Jobs said it out loud. I mean, Adobe was probably going down that road anyway. It only makes sense. But just the fact that Steve Jobs said it, now they're going to be bitter.
1: Now yeah, they're going to be like,
0: God, yeah, we were going to do it anyway, Steve, you dolt. Yeah. <laughs> anyway that's well, what that's,
1: i had that's a stunning array of news for the day that was a stunning
0: array of news uh
2: we do have an interview coming up and we should talk about this guy i'm trying to limit my retardation by the way that's that's <laughs> part of what i'm trying to do is just not talk when otherwise what i would say would have to be edited out <laughs> so be really careful that never
1: happens that's an incredible
2: <laughs> amount of restraint that you're showing i'm day. trying that's fantastic i've got my i'm holding mute sometimes <laughs>
1: because You're sometimes your anyway. mouth
2: just starts yeah <laughs> and you guys can't hear the thing that you would otherwise have to edit out <laughs> so, Funny day. i'm working on this oh what a condition all
0: right so we do have this interview we're gonna bring in uh bring in our our, our new best friend uh andrew sinkov uh grand Poobab marketing from evernote shall we begin absolutely we shall begin let's begin now we are so honored to be graced by our next, uh, our next guest's presence, Andrew Sinkov, who is the um, uh, it, director of marketing. Andrew, is that right? Or- yeah, VP, but director's v- fine, it's all good. VP, we've been calling you the Grand Poobah of marketing. Uh, I'm, I just the- call myself Supermarketer, actually. Supermarketer, there you go. You get, the, you get to wear the tight shirts. If you say that <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for for joining us. We're excited to talk about uh, about y- your work and and about Evernote as the tool and and uh, all the great great things that are happening with Evernote and the Evernote community. And uh, so I thought we would start off if you could just give us a little bit of a rundown of what Evernote is for the uninitiated.
3: Sure, sure. Um, so Evernote is a way that people can remember things. Um, we had this idea that we wanted to build kind of an external brain for people. And the, the way that we did that was we said, every day you see and experience and think of exciting things. And what we want to help you do is to reach out your hand, grab the nearest computer, phone, whatever, uh, and capture it. And then know that that's safe and sound Evernote, and then years or days, weeks, whatever you know, amount of time later, reach your hand out and grab whatever phone or computer you have at that point, and Evernote's going to be there, and it's going to help you find that memory instantly.
0: Uh, it is a terrific tool, and a lot of folks have uh, have rallied behind it. Uh, you have, uh, we have True. news.
1: Yeah, lots of news. Yeah, yeah you guys yeah, are, news. you guys have been making big news. So. Congratulations that uh, we just heard that you won two webby awards not one but two webby awards. Thank um, you. It's very exciting and uh the other thing that we were made aware of is that you just hit your 3 millionth user. That is just unbelievable and um just reading this great blog post about how quickly you guys did this is just so incredibly impressive, and um, I I remember I heard you speak at Social Fresh, which is where uh, you and I first met, and um, I remember one of the things I wrote down that struck me, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that has to do with gaining uh, 3 million users in record time. Um, One of the things that struck me is that you said um, over the past two years you haven't paid for a single user, Um, so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you've been able to uh, leverage your community and partnerships to grow your business uh, so quickly to such a great, great record amount of users.
3: Yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing. We have this amazing user community that's grown ridiculously fast um, for a product that, at its core, is not a social product. Um, we are not a a product that's focused on your friends or or anything else really. We are we are directly focused on the individual and the things that are in their heads. Um, and I think that what 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 happened was we came along at just the perfect time when this solution was really, really needed. We mm-hmm. all kind of realized that we've got this overloaded life of of so much information, so much digital and analog content that's coming at us every moment. Um, and what we started doing kind of from the from the outset was was really focused on community, on social, on, um, on developing really meaningful and decent content. So, you know, having a, a blog that, that we were constantly updating with interesting things, doing lots of videos, doing lots of things to educate the community, to get them excited about the product, reaching out to them, talking to them, um, and, acro- and, and having that be the case kind of across the entire organization from, from marketing to engineering. Uh, and also doing a lot, of, uh, a lot of PR work, so really focused on getting the word out about something that at its, at its core is actually something that's, that's really new. Um, people have really wanted to you know, use different tools to remember things over the centuries and millennia that humans have been around. Uh, and it seems like right now we're at this amazing time when people are starting to view technology as almost an appendage. And um, Evernote just kind of fits into this of of really helping you use what you have close at hand to remember everything. So well, I, pretty cool.
0: I, I want to ask you about that that decision though to go social and work on the building the community because you said things that to me are like high jump, low ceiling, and I think for a lot of marketers, if you have a product that is not a a directly a a social tool a tool that is not directly focused on relationships it is it is a a non intuitive leap to say that we're going to build a social community around that tool in order to drive our marketing efforts. I wonder if you could talk a little bit more detail about how you came to that decision that that you guys and the the executive team at evernote were going to uh go that route
3: it was it, it's 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 an interesting thing because for us we knew that because we realized that there was this there was this need right so we we, we realized that we at at basically at any age and, and the company has we we have from, from from relatively you know right out of college to to uh, people in their 60s and and everybody needed this product so we realized that that the issue that we were going to face was how do we tell people that were out there and how do we make them feel comfortable using a new piece of software that uh, or a new service that has just been launched that's saying that you're going to store, you know, memories, that you're going to store very personal content. Um, And what we needed to do was from the outset, and and this, this is how we built our identity, this is how we built our brand, was we are a solid company, we are there for you, we're here to help you. And the really, the only way that we realized we could achieve that was to talk to people, was to tell them about it, was to make them engaged with this new brand that had just you know popped out of nowhere um and and so luckily right now it's it's amazingly accessible you know people are very accessible uh to a company and to a brand especially one that they like they love to participate they love to talk they love to engage and so we were we were you know right from the outset we said we have a a product that we (laughs) lovingly say is anti-social and um We are going to be the company that that creates a a product that is not social at its core, but has a real connection to the community that uses it.
2: I guess I really like that approach. And one of the things um, that I enjoyed kind of looking through the website, looking through the blog, the thing that jumps out at me… Uh, that that I guess for a lot of products you wouldn't think they would do or would be would be a natural way to think about selling the product, but to come up with uses for the product. And it's honestly it's the thing that I get the most out of reading through that blog. Or you know here's how you can use uh, Evernote to it, when you're house hunting, or you know like just people whether it's a user or someone in the company uh, coming up with different uses for it. All of a sudden I, I start to engage you know with, with some sort of vision on how this product can have meaning to me. Right.
3: Right. And that's actually that's that's the most challenging and exciting thing about Evernote. So um, we are fairly unstructured. And so as a result, people use it in all sorts of ways. And they mix their their personal lives with their work lives in Evernote. We had a you know, personally, for me, I love Evernote for cooking. I cook a lot and I put a lot of recipes in there. And one of the things that we talk about a lot are cooking use cases. We had a whole month devoted to various cooking use cases. We talked to restaurateurs, to chefs, to food bloggers and how they were using Evernote. And then they got someone, you know, someone sent us an email and said, you know, you guys are always talking about, about cooking and, but I'm a baker. How is this good for me? (laughs) It's not, it's not. No, it's not, (laughs) only cooking. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's just this crazy (laughs) moment of like, oh my God, we have to do this even better.
2: We have to hold uh, lots
3: of hands. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's but that but that's the fun part is that we all love this product and we're really into telling people how to use it. We went we spent a day at a dairy farm. There's a there's a um a video on our blog about about a trip that I took to a dairy farm uh, but the dairy farmer uses Evernote to keep track of all his cows and maintenance yeah. and all that.
2: I, I saw that. How did you find that guy?
3: Uh he he's on Twitter. He's like one he's an incredibly popular okay. agricultural Twitter user. Okay. Hmm. Um, and he tweeted at us and said, I use it for this. And we jumped all over that. Oh yeah.
1: Well, how about the, I mean, I was blown away beyond measure about the traumatic brain injury blog post. I mean, that was unbelievable. Here's a guy who literally cannot rely on his own memory. So he's using Evernote as his memory. I mean, could there be a better poster child for Evernote? I mean, it's a, it's got to make you feel incredibly good that you're helping this guy so much. And B, like really, like in living color, this guy is using Evernote as his memory. I mean, literally, quite literally. So I, I was just blown away by that. And anybody listening to this podcast should read that posting because it is just unbelievable and very. It's cool.
3: just a, a, an amazing, amazing story. Um, uh, this is this this person, Patrick Jones, out of Colorado, who's had a bunch of uh, concussions over the course of his life, and now has has traumatic brain injury, which means that he has he has uh, terrible short term memory, and he began using Evernote as his, you know, brain basically to, to help him remember things that, that, that he needs to do. Um, we came up with this, you know, two word slogan for the company of, 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 you know, Evernote, you know, remember everything. And that was very tongue in cheek. That was sort of a, you know, we, we were kind of joking around when we, when we said that, and then we, we met Patrick and we realized that, Holy crap, you know, this is for real. Uh, we are actually helping someone remember everything um and it, it's an amazing story it's just absolutely amazing
0: could you talk a little bit about your your day to day i i'm in in researching the for this interview i'm you know browsing the support forums and uh, conversations on on uh, the evernote website and i i'm fascinated by the volume of support response that you <clears throat> handle personally and right. so, it, it, on one hand, I wonder how do you do it all uh, to run the marketing arm of this and be so personally engaged with your customers at the level of engagement that you are. And and it, it makes me reflect a little bit on on the the changing tide of kind of the modern startup marketer. Uh, I wonder if you could reflect a little bit on on how that how that works for you.
3: Sure. Um, well, I, a lot of credit goes to our engineering team and our support team, because what, one thing that I think makes Evernote um, interesting, or, or I don't know if it's unique, but it's certainly interesting and it's certainly a great environment to work in, is that we're a small company and all the, 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 the departments here are really close. Um, and so, for example, you know, Twitter has been a great way for us to uh, learn about issues, and a lot of companies deal with this. We don't have a Twitter support account specifically but i handle at evernote on twitter and we'll learn from twitter that that there's uh, a new a new a new bug or something that we didn't know about and it's actually going to come through twitter faster than than through other sources wow. and so i just walk over to our uh, our cto and i talk to him about it and he says yeah we've been seeing some reports about this which then i go back and you know write a blog post or i'll comment on the blog about it um marketing at Evernote, and I think this is definitely the case, um, you know, for a lot of companies these days is, is you're playing, you're playing the, the role of, 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 you know, the helper for so many people. You're the educator, you're the helper. You're not just the person that's, that's, you know, saying go out and use my product. You're the person that's, that's holding hands, that's, that's making sure that people understand the value of the product and also what's happening at that moment. And what's happening at a given moment at a startup is that they're, There's good news and sometimes there's bad news and you have to make sure people are aware of it. Um, And so you have to have, I think, for especially, well, we have, I should say, um, just a really great connection between the various departments here so that it's easy for me to answer a question. I feel like I have the knowledge necessary to answer a question when one comes up, so I don't have to wait. I see a question come in, I can just answer it, it takes no time, um, versus having to go to the engineers, asking them what the problem is, hoping that they're the ones that are going to respond through some sort of a support or, or a forum or support request. Um, it really makes it a lot easier, uh, and I just think it's really important.
0: Well, it is, uh, you know, that that level of sort of connectivity and engagement is something that, that uh, it seems like a real luxury uh, as a as a uh, you know VP marketing to be able to kind of be that that far into the trenches uh where did you come from before evernote where have you always been a startup guy
3: uh well i yeah i guess i i was um i my last company i was running uh marketing at a startup out of cambridge mass um that was doing uh really really deep uh business to government cryptography stuff where like in the whole world, there were maybe, you know, 10 people that actually cared about what, what this company did.
0: Well, at least you know uh, your
3: market really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We kind of, we met all of them. <laughs> uh,
1: Personally. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And, and, and a lot of them, you know, worked at, at, at agencies that didn't exist. Um, and it was, uh, that was, you know, that was a very different mm-hmm uh, to say the least experience, but, uh, it definitely gets you, um, you know, one of the things that's really important in a company like, uh, Evernote is especially since we're dealing with, uh, with people's memories and people, things that people hold dear, uh, having a, a strong understanding of, of security and, and the importance of security was definitely a big part of, of, uh, you know, uh, of the way that we communicate the product here. Um, but I have to say that the experience there was vastly, vastly different. Um, so I, I do come from I do come from uh, from a startup background certainly, um, but I'm I'm sort of of this I feel like we built this product for people like me and not just me but but our CEO who's slightly older and 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 our CTO who's slightly older than than I am and and we sort of we kind of like we kind of get the product, and um, we know how people these days communicate, and I feel like when I'm talking. When I'm when as as Evernote's voice, when I'm sharing information and when I'm uh, writing a blog post or when we're doing anything, that I feel like I kind of know who I'm talking to and how they want to be communicated with, and that just makes it much easier to to visualize compared to visualizing, you know, a government security person.
2: I I am so, actually really fascinated about how this is um, how all this discussion about you know your your role in the company. Um, is in my mind really is so much different than you know marketing roles in the past um at least that I've held or you know or, or um marketing roles that I kind of perceive to be more about you know the budget what's the budget what's our return on investment you know what what's the campaign and uh, and uh this this level of engagement with your customers your understanding of the product uh and then i I love this at the at the very end that that you talked about how uh you you view the product as something that's Important to you, um, it's something that all of you, it sounds like, have a use for um, and, and believe in the product on that level. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know that the role that you're feeling is, is easy anyway, uh, or that you're fulfilling. I mean, to to, to be that on top of things, um, and, and to be able to be that in touch, you know, with your customers or with problems that are going on, or or to be in, engaging uh, so frequently uh, is not an easy thing. But to be able to to do it knowing that this is something that you believe in and something that you really have a vision for uh certainly i think makes that if not easier a lot more fun
3: oh absolutely <laughs> definitely definitely and, and it's and it's it's across the management team here as well so it's it's our our c t o is is on our forums constantly um at the same time as he's developing our product roadmap you know so um we as, we as a company and our, and our CEO does the same thing. He just actually, a couple of weeks back, he was on our blog answering 280 questions. So we wow. had a live, a live wow. uh, ask, ask our CEO a question session. And for like six hours, he was just pounding away at the keyboard, wow. uh, responding to every single question that was asked. We just want that. We want that connection. Uh, we think that's really, really important.
1: Well, I think Dane brings brings up a good point and a, a question I have for you as a marketer. So if, you know, your role is this non-traditional ambassador, customer service, marketing, you know, kind of just-in-time marketing, um, what do you measure? What do you look at for success? Like, what it, what are your metrics that you say, oh, well, this is cool beside your three millionth user? I mean, that's an obvious one is, is number of users, but are there other things you look at um, that? Are important to you personally? Well,
3: so for a long time we weren't doing anything. Um, for a long time we were we were just, uh, you know, we knew that something like, you know, being on Facebook is important, being on Twitter is important for the same for the reasons that I said, just because it's a good way to connect. Um, doing YouTube videos, having a podcast, and Tumblr blog, and all these different things that we do, it just felt like these are things that we should be doing. Um, we recently did a survey of our users and uh, asking asking a number of different questions but one of them was uh, about whether or not they are a premium subscriber and so Evernote is a freemium service so it's 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 free it's com- it's great as a free product 98 percent of our users are free we encourage them to be free 2 percent upgrade to premium that's great so of our three million users around two or so uh, percent are premium we did the survey and we asked our, our followers on Twitter and Facebook, um, are, you know, are you premium? And 30% were. And so 30% of the people that follow us on Twitter and Facebook and other such things are premium compared to the 2% for the general population. So all of a sudden we had this, oh. out of nowhere, we said, wow, the, the social things that we are doing... There is, there is an ROI here, you know, um, we, we have a, 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 the most engaged people, and it sort of makes sense when you think about it, that follow us on all of these different forms of social media that we, that we participate in, they are more likely to be premium. And so we need to be feeding them and we need to be driving people towards our social media channels.
2: And it's probably working both ways in, in the sense that the, the people who are going to be uh, premium members are going to... Be that interested in following you, but people who are following you and are not premium members you know may be uh, encouraged to become so so I, I'm sure it sort of hits on both sides uh, to be exactly. that to, yeah uh, to have that campaign uh, you know i don't know as right. active as it is yeah and
3: and the more and so and so tracking you know all of a sudden for us you know we we are definite believers in it 's not about quantity of followers on twitter it's about quality of those followers because we wouldn't have the same thing um, if there were if we had paid to get Twitter followers. If we had a million Twitter followers, and none of those people were engaged, that wouldn't be useful. We want to drive yeah. people that care about the product, that are then going to upgrade to premium and are then gonna really you know get the most value out of it. That yeah, makes sense.
0: I, I want to talk a little bit about the the platforms uh, because there's this there's a certain tie-in and you talk about this integration between you know marketing communications and engineering and and that's something that always fascinates me how you drive communication uh, between feature development and user demands when you have this you know clearly a a very vocal vested community and the ones that are most vocal now we know are the ones who are paying uh, they're the ones who have that sort of case of entitlement, uh, you know, about, hey, I want my feature. My feature is the most important feature that you could possibly be working on. When are you going to release it? When are you going to release it? Uh, and here you are on the engineering side, releasing clients for, uh, you know, is there any platform you guys don't cover? We're, we're everywhere. There are there
3: uh i think at this point nine native versions of evernote for different platforms and if you count our different browser support then maybe it's like 13 or 14
0: that's that's fantastic wow uh yeah. so uh, how do you uh, how do you manage that that relationship i mean obviously you have these ceo and cto you know uh, check-ins but how does the um, you know how does how do you get that feedback from your community into engineering to really prioritize what has got to be on unending list of requests well it's the the requests are unending not only from
3: you know external sources but from internal sources as well because we do all use Evernote Um, we we have a a huge list of things that we would love Evernote to do ways that we wish Evernote was better Um, and and it's 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 completely amazing that given the size of this company that we've achieved what we've achieved I mean you know we're thirty. Seven or so people, almost forty people, um, to have nine to fourteen platforms depending on how you count it is is an amazing achievement um, and, and it's because we have this amazing amazing engineering team that we're able to do that um, it's always a challenge it's always a challenge and I think that this the, the, the feedback from from users and how do you how do you respond to them appropriately is probably one of the the, the biggest difficulties of, of sort of modern Companies, um, mm-hmm. because everybody's got a voice, and um, what we what we strive to do is is to make people aware of where we're headed. Um, it's sort of I, I kind of look at my role here as as a storyteller, and um, uh, you know, weaving story arcs where uh, you know working closely with engineering. I know I can you know I see the future of the company, so I know where we're headed, um, and to really kind of build up that that sense of, of, of to some degree, so that sense of mystery with with our users to allow them to know where we are today, get a sense of where we're headed, um, and then over the course of every you know few weeks and months, release something, put out a new story that builds towards an ultimate goal. Um, where I think that that sort of approach to marketing as storytelling is actually a really useful way to keep people uh, engaged. And also when they have their product requests and their ideas, they themselves actually understand. Uh, And if you go through our, um, you know, the the comments on our blog, you kind of get a sense of this, that our users want things, but they kind of know we're going to give it to them Mm -hmm. Um, because because there's a clear path. Now, it's not the case for everything, but in a lot of cases, there are requests that they are making that are very much in line with where we're headed, um, and we know that we're going to get there. Uh, it's just going to take some time, just because it's 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 that story arc. So we're getting we're getting we're getting to the you know the end of the season um, on a particular product or a particular direction, and we feel like our users kind of feel that.
0: Yeah. What is your uh, what are your most popular platforms in terms of user base?
3: Uh, Well, the the iPhone is is incredibly popular. It's about 60 or so percent of our mobile uh, on the mobile side. Mm We were we were at the iPhone app store at launch uh, and that was that was a huge bump. And we've always been sort of near the top on productivity uh, within the app store. Um, The on the desktop, Windows is bigger, but you would kind of expect that Uh, they're fairly close, uh, Windows and Mac. and Android is growing really quickly. And actually, we were surprised when, when we announced the three million user uh, number. I, I personally I was surprised to see how how fast our iPad version has grown. So that's at now at nine percent of our wow. uh, mobile use. Well, and it, that was you were
0: you were launch day on the iPad store too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That was fun. That was fun see, to uh, develop you know, something without holding it.
1: You guys yeah. had that great. Um, I just listened to your one of your podcasts with the CEO and the CTO on the whole iPad development, and that was a great podcast. I really enjoyed hearing, you know, um, that your CEO is a project manager, was the project manager of the iPad uh, development yeah, team. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's, well, he, uh, he, is... he,
3: he,
0: yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Andrew.
3: No, I was just gonna say that that he is a um, he. He works directly with with uh, with our, our designer and the developer to really build what what you know. If you look at that the iPad version for anyone that has has used our iPad version, it is gorgeous. And not only is it gorgeous, but it really works works really really well. And and we're we're excited to kind of bring a lot of those concepts into the other versions of Evernote.
0: I'm uh I, you know I'm looking at it. It was the first or second app that I downloaded uh, on launch day. Is you know as i'm ripping it out of the fedex guy's hand uh, and and it's uh, it really is i mean it, it you you almost get a sense for that the service evernote was designed for this device or that this device was designed for the service of evernote it is it yeah. is that intuitive i mean it really is beautiful
3: well, you know, when you when we think about it, like we really think about Evernote as an extension of your body. It's it's your second brain. And the thing that makes the iPad so fantastic is that that the whole touch interface, I mean, the iPhone is sort of there, but but the iPad is, is, is so much more so so visual, so so um, tactile that it really feels like when you're using Evernote on the iPad, it really feels like you're kind of flicking through memories in your head
0: um it's it's fantastic it is a beautiful beautiful piece of work i can't believe it's been it's been a half hour we've been talking uh, already can you believe that really it has been it's flown uh, i know it's flown by uh and where where so you are you run the at evernote is there do you have a personal uh twitter that you you like people to follow you or you pretty much just hang out at evernote
3: no i i, I have a personal one it's at Syncov.
0: if people care to see what i'm cooking at a given moment that's probably the place to live <laughs> <laughs> uh do you any other uh, website you choose to uh, to pitch or uh uh
3: yeah i mean if it if... We do a lot of stuff at Evernote, so uh, for Evernote stuff, uh, we have Evernote on Twitter, Evernote on Facebook, YouTube is Evernote Andrew, Um, we have a podcast, a Tumblr blog that's focused exclusively on on how to use Evernote, Evernote Evernote.tumblr.com, and soon, we're psyched about this, um, meetups are coming, so we're going to have meetups. Oh, great.
0: Uh, that is that's fantastic that uh, you know i well i think you know and, and dane i think you talked a little bit about this i mean when i look at evernote when i'm working with clients on on how businesses can engage communities their user communities evernote in general is really at the top of my list of case companies of uh, that are doing it right i i think that uh, uh that what Evernote has achieved really presents an example of how uh, of of best in class companies that can engage their users and 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 create that real uh, organic and symbiotic relationship between the the products and the companies that that serve those products. Uh, it is uh, really terrific, and and we're thrilled that you uh, took the time to join us, uh, Andrew, for the show today.
2: Thank you
0: so much for having me. It's been great. I, I hope uh, as as uh, evernote releases wonderful new things which seems to be every thirty five minutes uh, <laughs> but i hope I, I hope you will come back come back and talk to us again uh, this has been uh, this has been great I would love to thank you
1: he was great that was just you know i he's another one of those people that I feel like we could talk to all day long and just never get run out of things to talk about. I mean, they just have done such a nice job. You know, you sort of hit the nail on the head, Peter, when when you said that they are sort of the gold standard as far as customer engagement. And they've just done such a nice job of giving people a forum and a platform to both A, learn how to use their product and B, share, you know, their sort of creative, funky ideas of how they're using it. And it's just kind of a fun, it's just kind of a perfect storm of the tool and the platforms and the community. I mean, they've just, and they're so humble. That's one of the things that struck me about Andrew when I first heard him speak. He's so humble and the the tone they take is just, you know, we're so honored to have you as our customer. Thank you so much for your ideas. We listen to everything you say and we try to implement as much as we can. I mean, they're very Mm -hmm. much user-driven and they just have this great sort of authentic, humility about them that, you know, even though they have 3 million users and are uber successful, you know, they're not like, well, we're not going to do that because we think it's a bad idea. It's
0: it's a funny, that's a funny cultural statement, right? I mean, it it seems like a lot of that comes around that, that the fact that these guys, you know, come out of that startup culture and they all are, they really love the product. Yeah. You know, so much of, so much of, uh, you know, the risk of losing that touch is because, you know, your job is a marketer. And, the, you know, you get the feel from talking to Andrew and particularly listening to their podcast. You know, if you're interested in, in Evernote or interested in how companies communicate their mission, listen to the Evernote podcast. It is Phil Libin and, and Dave Enberg and and Andrew uh, talking about the it's product so and funny. how they use it. It's very funny. It's very casual and congenial and and transparent. You can tell that these guys love the product and, and it's a hair club for men experience you know they love it so much that they <laughs> that they they decided to run the company
1: oh that is know. a really weird analogy you just used i use it all the time um, what mm-hmm. do you think dane dane he's not even here
2: <laughs> i was i was there you know what there's so many things that i've been saying over the last couple of minutes that no, never heard <laughs> i like yes are you off. on are you Goodbye, on mute Andrew. Andrew, you're awesome. I was on mute. (laughs) I I have allergies today. And I'm like, sniffing into the microphone. I'm like, no, I better put that on mute. But don't forget that it's on mute. So I've said some brilliant things. Um, (laughs) You know, do you want to say them again (laughs) right now? And I'll just cut them back in. (laughs) No, I can't remember. I'm just embarrassed because I swear I was just being all congenial and saying goodbye to Andrew. And he probably just thought, yeah, well, he's probably in the bathroom again. Yeah. (laughs) Right before the show, maybe there's a problem of some sort. Okay, here's what I was gonna say that I think has value. Say it. Say it. That I don't think you'll have to edit out. Okay. I'm just kidding. Um, No, I think that that this company is a case study on a lot of levels, and and certainly when you look at the marketing and the role of the marketing, I guess the VP of marketing uh, at a company like this, it's um, it's either. The way it's evolving, or it's um, you know so true of companies just like it, or it's I don't know. I mean, uh, because we've talked to a few people actually that kind of have that role. I think Dave with with Hootsuite was was pretty similar, where it's not so right. much again about you know managing the budget and 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 plotting uh, campaigns, but it's so much more about engaging with with their audience. Uh, so that's huge, and it's very interesting to me, you know, just because that's. Um, that that whole uh, area of you, you know what 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 is marketing and what do marketing directors do and uh to me is interesting but as the as the company exists i mean some of the things that they're doing I, I, i'm really really stuck on this idea that um uh of all their users so for for an otherwise free product they do have a premium version uh and 2% of uh their users subscribe to the premium version um but what was it uh 30%. Uh, what 30% of, of the people who engage with them socially. And and that's the thing that's so interesting because over the last couple of years, this is sort of the the, the new um, uh, marketing approach, I guess, if you want to call it a marketing approach, but for companies to offer a free product or, you know, it's all, uh, I mean, there's the accessibility for a lot of software or websites or um, uh, a lot of, I guess, a lot of technology uh, platforms is, is free unless you want the premium version. And you see examples of it working well and it not working well. And this was a great little insight. Uh, and I don't think it was illogical. I mean, it was probably something you could could assume. But you know these are all easier, I think, to to assume than than to actually execute or to make happen or to really take care of the the notion of engaging with your customers, again, easier said than done. that's a that's a full-time job and then some. That's a whole lot of work to be that engaged but you I mean you just hit it right it's that it's a different kind of work and and I
0: think that's what we're that's the thread that is sort of being painted here that uh, you know there is a new definition of marketing communications Inside of organizations, that is is bubbling up from this startup culture, and I think that's what you know traditional marketers are sort of starting to try to wrap their head around. How does this game change when traditional advertising is trusted less? When there are demands for increased engagement, there are demands for you know all sorts of things. When Evernote and Hootsuite are setting the tone for how companies engage with their users, that forces. Uh, other companies like you know traditional marketing companies like Ford to address their audience in a different way uh and and I think that's is that what we're seeing is is a direct well, result of what they're doing yeah. yeah if
2: they're paying attention i honestly like the, some of the guests that we've had over the past few weeks uh are giving me a little insight into uh, the nature of these new uh, startups um and i'm you know i mean it's well i don't know i'm it, I, I'm easily caught into thinking, okay, how does that compare to, uh, you know, the the sort of the initial technology revolution where it really was, you know, twenty million dollars of venture venture capital, and let's put twenty five million of that into our uh, right. television campaign. Right. right. A- and a marketing person, you know, for for venture capital startups like that, I guess, w- was still just, oh, well, how much money can we spend, and where can we spend it? A- and really, everyone that we've talked to with these uh, sort of these new level startups it, is. It's not about how much money are we spending. Um, And it's, uh, you know, everything is is done a little differently, but a lot more uh, carefully, I think. Uh, A a lot more, a lot closer to their customer and understanding their customer and helping their customer along. And then these guys, I mean, it really is so cool to go to that website and see them, uh, whether it's a user like the dairy farmer or it's, you know, someone from the company saying, well, here's a way you can use Evernote. And it really like the light bulb goes off when you see a couple of those that relate to you. Like, oh wow, how could I live without it?
1: But I thought it was interesting too that um and this goes back to my philosophy that people don't read. Sometimes people don't think either. So the the after all that cooking and the baker came on and was like, Well, how do I use it for, for baking? For baking. You know? That's awesome. <laughs> just, yeah,
2: Please help me. Uh, I can't figure it out.
1: Yeah. So I think I mean, I think that that's I don't know, maybe that's the exception or maybe that's the rule. I'm not sure. But um yeah, I thought that was interesting to have him be, you know, get all this creative, great stuff from his customers, and then have somebody be like, huh "Well, how does this relate to me?" Yeah.
2: Well, hey, <laughs> let's see if they if they did have a lot of startup money, you know, they could hire uh, Wolfgang Puck to do that. Right. I mean, think of all the things they could do if it made sense financially. Really, you could have a uh, hundred like specialists yeah. trying to figure out how to use Evernote for for certain things.
1: Well, that's why that's why their user community is so great because they have exactly.
2: that exactly. Yeah that's free. the world we live in I, I really it is fascinating to me you guys to to sort of watch how this is evolving it really is interesting
1: yeah i think that's very cool
0: it's so interesting that we should stop talking about it right yeah we
1: else. should yeah. i know but it's you know it's just it's compelling so i
0: know it's... it is let's let's uh but uh, let's talk
2: about tools
1: oh my god my what tool you... just seems so lame compared to ever <laughs> can we call this something
2: <laughs> other than tools because i this is where i have the hardest time do such, we have to talk about so, this
1: every week, Dane? Your your yes, with tools? Yes, it's so okay, hard. Then, here, what's the, here, okay, here,
2: here's, here's so what's the, the opposite of rename tools? It.
1: Rename it. <laughs> what's the what
2: is the opposite oh, of tools, I'm oh, sorry. Tools rocks. is fine. Tell us about your weak blimp tool, whatever it is. <laughs> what
1: were you saying, Megan? I'm, ta- I'm going to mute myself now. <laughs>
2: tools is fine. I love it.
1: <laughs> Dane, you're... nobody cares if we re- rename it. Nobody just, you're the only one who wants to rename it. So come up with the better. I do
2: No, I just, I, I wish I had more self-control. <laughs> sorry. Oh, you're so uh, funny. Okay. Okay. So here's hey, my. So tool. your tool is so what?
1: This is going to be this little. new
0: section is called uh, Megan's Corner. <laughs> Megan's
1: Corner. <laughs> it's a new segment. It's called Meg Me- Meg's it's Corner. Not. But I so, have a, so, a teeny little tool, the Bitly customizer. So essentially, it's just a URL shortener um, that you can customize. So the Bitly, if you go to Bitly, and we'll post it on the show notes, um, you enter in a Gigantor link, and you can shorten it. So it's a Bitly forward slash, and then whatever you want it to be. And that, but, that's
0: bit.ly dot dot for anybody who hasn't used Bitly.
1: It's Sorry, bit and we'll put it on L-Y. the show notes. Yeah. So um, so and then you just, you can put, I did one yesterday on the Dawn Dish detergent um, campaign to rescue oil slicked birds, and mine was called bit.ly forward slash dawn ducks. So, you know, it's just kind of cute. I like it in Twitter, and I saw somebody else do it, and I thought, how'd they do that? And uh, so, yeah, so that's just a little teeny <laughs> And tool. You
2: were smart enough to do the research and figure it out. No, actually, I was. Because I do like it, and I didn't know. I've, I've <laughs> honestly, I didn't know about this, and you'd think I. I mean, Pete, I guess, when we brought it up earlier, was like, yeah, I don't know. You guys don't know about that? I didn't, and I, I think, think it's a great tool.
1: Yeah, it's kind of fun. So I think it's, just, it's, just, I it's a, think it's a great tool, it's too. Like, it's like micro-branding.
2: <laughs> uh, it it's is. Micro there branding. you go. I like that. You know, micro-branding.
0: Yes, it is. It is it's awesome. And I applaud you both for liking it as much as you do.
1: <laughs> All right, moving on. The Thanks, other Pete. tool in Megan's corner today that I would like to share is because I'm a project manager. Um, and I know Peter does a lot of project management stuff as well. And most marketers, truth be told, do a lot of project management, even though they may not call it that. Um, is a project management tool that is free called OpenProj. That's O P E N P R O J dot org. And it is a free tool. It's some, it is an application you download, and um, it's not a web-based tool. But it is just super easy to use. Um, it, you know, it has all the geeky project management tools as well, but it has this, you know, just kind of a great feature where you enter tasks into a Gantt chart, and you can timeline them, and it's just very visual, and um, it's cool. So anyway, that's my tool. That's my other tool that I wanted to share.
0: Both are outstanding tools. And, Dane, I think you should really try that OpenProj because you're such a data guy. It is It is like full of lines and colorful things. It is. It's
1: pretty. It's pretty oh, and geeky. It's a little see, geeky. I like pretty. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. and a little geeky. And free. Go- and free. So what's a better combo than there's, that? There's
0: nothing better than that. There are a few,
2: but not a lot. Not a lot. <laughs>
1: Wow. This
0: is uh, this is a tool that I uh, used to use in a past life, and I only just recently rediscovered it. It's uh, Google News. They have done some really cool updates to the Google News site. If you are an avid uh, Google reader fan, switch over to news.google.com and... Click on the add a section because now you can create your own customized newspaper. Get out of that whole who needs sports and news and world news when you can have all the news customized to your own keywords. And it's uh, live updating, very fast, very fresh. Add all of your clients, add all of your competitors, add all of the famous pop stars that you want to Follow day in and day out, and uh, you'll get a customized news page just for you. Or you could just you.
1: have, a, uh, or you could just have a Yahoo homepage.
0: Or you could just go to Yahoo and stare can at it because you, you don't know what pink. to do with it. Can you
1: make the background pink on news?
0: Unfortunately, no, because remember, it's Google, and they are more Spartan.
1: Oh yeah. Well, but do you
2: think? Do you guys think that someday, like, there'll be a serial killer? You know, that they'll they'll hunt the guy down and they'll find him and they'll be like, "Wow, one of the pieces of evidence was his Google news page." he really oh, was course. into just freaky news. He had of customized course. his news to be nothing but freakiness.
1: Like it, it used to be all those people that would just pin up creepy things all over their wall. Now it's just all over their Google News. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I think, that, the, I think that probably already is happening. Uh, maybe
0: we should take this back. This is no longer a good tool to use <laughs> if you, if you want to withstand incriminating evidence That's true. later. But for
1: the rest of the world, it's fabulous.
0: If you are a serial killer, you don't want to use Google News because this may be how they track you down later.
2: Or if you what like is... to live in a silo of of news that is only news you think is true. <laughs> like, That's true. I mean, That's... if you don't want to be exposed to alternative opinions of any kind, you, I guess you could set this up to do that. <laughs>
0: this is this has gone on far too long everybody on that note. and uh we go ahead we're gonna go ahead now and apologize uh for all of the wasted time that we just subjected you to everything after that awesome Evernote interview to now we would love to take back it's too late so we're just gonna move forward uh on to next week uh Dane let's assume people would want to find out more about you where would they go
2: that's I. Uh, you know what would be cool as if I had my own newspaper, and they could just set me up as a Google news feed.
0: I'm going to do that this afternoon. I wish, wow. I, I hope I can submit it
2: to some sort of gallery. <laughs> yeah, and just submit any weird rantings About to the proper yeah. authorities. That's just right. Keep keep the police aware. Um, uh, I okay. If you are into the Twitter, then Alta Dane is where you would find me. If you use the interweb, uh, then I am at strike10media.com. Fantastic. And Megan?
1: I'm sorry. Dane just cracks me up. Um, I am at Megan Strand on Twitter. And Encouraged is my blog and website. And that is I-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D.
0: And I am at Pete Wright on the Twitter and at fifthandmain.com is the website. Now, as for the show, you can find out all about us at thenakedmarketers.com. Links to us on Facebook, links to us on uh, the the show on Twitter. Uh, Naked Markets on Twitter is is where you can uh, follow us to get all the updates from the show. And uh, we try to get the show up every every Thursday. Uh, So make sure, this is the most important part go to iTunes and subscribe to the show there. That's the easiest way to get the show every single week and um, and listen to all the backup episodes of nonsense that we have created.
2: And that's how we measure our ROI. It is. <laughs> if we were into that, that's how we would do it. Are you eating chips, Dana? Yeah, this is my tool, Corn Nuts Chips. Oh. They're brand new. You guys heard of these? They're like crunchy corn nut
1: turned into chips. We've turned into a chip eating fest for Dane. This is
0: not, uh, (laughs) this is moving in the wrong direction. So I'm going to go ahead and say, on behalf of Dane Christensen and Megan Strand, I'm Pete Wright. And this has been another, uh, what, exhilarating, illuminating episode of The Naked Marketers.